Perceptions Podcast. Give me a dictator who will bring order, or at least the order I desire, and power in the hands of those I agree with, and I will rid myself of disorderly democracy in a heartbeat. Imagine a DeLorean time machine car appears outside your house this year and you get in and you're told that you're going to 2052 to see what the future looks like. You arrive and you see what it actually looks like 30 years from now. Do you want that future? What would you do to get there or to get away from that future? That's what we're going to find out. How about this? If you're young, white, western and female and you sit on TikTok all day, there's as good a chance as any that you end up Muslim. That's right. Never mind gender identity and rapid onset gender dysphoria, the scourge of many a parent, which is linked to social media influencers. The new trend, and it is trending at the moment, is what is called reversion. Uh, That's not conversion. The technical term of turning to Islam is to revert or reversion, at least in the eyes of the Muslim world, which views Islam as the baseline religious framework upon which every other religion has built its edifice. But in the wake of the October 7 attacks in Israel by Hamas and the subsequent retaliation by Israel and the protests around the world, there's a growing movement of young women espousing the Quran, wearing the hijab, and calling on other young women across the West to do the same. As reported in an article on the Free Press website, Why Western Women Are Converting to Islam, it's young American women in particular. Social media influencer Megan Rice, a black millennial activist, said in a video that has been viewed more than 5 million times, it just seems that Palestinians have this ironclad faith even in the face of losing quite literally everything. The numbers of reverts, or at least interest in the subject, are startling. Okay, it's social media, and how much is simply curiosity, who can tell? But as the Free Press reports, the hashtag traffic is huge. So there's hashtag white revert, hashtag black revert, Jewish revert, and Japanese revert. Biggest of all is the simple hashtag, hashtag revert, with 2.9 billion views, followed by hashtag revert Muslim, 1.4 billion, and hashtag Muslim revert, 525 million. As the Free Press reports, such movements have happened before, particularly after 9-11, but Rice is like a new Christian convert, only an Islamic revert. She's got the holy book, the Quran, the sticky notes and pens to jot things down, and she's hyper-evangelistic about it all. Highly so, if her TikTok numbers are any indication. It seems odd to me, very odd, watching the videos of such young women. Odd, but only if you see the reversion to Islam as the point of what they are doing, rather than the need to belong to some sort of accepting community. 
In the past few years, we've had furious arguments about social media influencers who are showing young women in particular how to become trans. And then they love bomb those who take that step, accepting them into an online community. And it all felt like a smorgasbord of ideas, a mashup of ideologies, with nary a counterbalance in sight to this Western individualism. When suddenly, now, it's throw the car into reverse, speed off 180 degrees in the opposite direction. After all those books on trans and how social media is exacerbating the deep identity crisis, especially among young Western women, we get this. A huge uptake by roughly the same cohort that champions individual identity and gender fluidity to a religion in which sexuality and certainly independent views around it are not countenanced for one moment and a religion in which community trumps the individual every time. Never mind androgynous clothes, now it's headscarves and modesty, and it's trending. So what's going on? Well, it's hard to put it down to one thing, isn't it? Though the Free Press article gives it a red-hot go, and we'll get to that in a minute. But here's my initial thought, and it's something I deal with in my forthcoming book, Future Proof. A huge amount of this is about the need for order in a completely disordered world. Look around you. The future is so uncertain, particularly for a younger cohort brought up in a world of global climate crisis and personal identity anxiety. Rising interest rates, spiralling housing costs, a lack of trust in Western institutions, and a complete ignorance of the Christian faith that birthed their culture. Disorder is the, well, <laughs> the order of the day. And we all have a desire for some form of order. Even those who, like many activists do, like to bring disorder to the world to highlight their causes. Much of that, even, is a cry for order. That's why we see a distrust in democracy in our day also. Give me a dictator who will bring order, or at least the order I desire, and power in the hands of those I agree with, and I will rid myself of disorderly democracy in a heartbeat. At least that's how the thinking goes. And it would seem Islam taps into that in the West to a huge degree. And I'm not saying that off my own bat. A Christian friend of mine who held several senior diplomatic posts across the Middle East and who speaks fluent Arabic observed this. There's a deep attraction to Islam if you want order. Everything has its place. In its purest form, it is completely uniform in belief and it's unitarian. There is no God but Allah, no messy trinity to worry about, no pantheon to offer petitions to, worrying about which other god you're offending in the process. Of course, that does not account for the swathes of difference in Islam across the world, ranging from strict sects to mysticism and everything in between. But to a young Western woman looking to rebel against the crazy world she lives in, it all looks mighty attractive. There's no doubt that much of the anxiety of our day 
is around order and the need for it. I mean, I love order, so much so that every time I mow my lawn, my carefully tended small vert patch in front of my angular modernist home, I go inside, shower, put on decent clothes, come outside again and take a selfie of myself next to that lawn in front of that house and I caption it on social media, the search for order. And I do that without fail every couple of weeks and post it. I love order too. And the world feels increasingly disordered. Turn your back and the lawn grows high and the weeds spring up again. Turn your back and the culture goes haywire, the Western culture at least. And it's not like others don't notice that the Western culture has gone haywire. My barber trims a mean beard to bring it back into order and sports an even meaner one himself. And he's from Iraq. And he's under no illusions as we chat that the West is a mess. Now, not that he won't take advantage of it. Of course he does. He and his friends who often turn up at the shop in their doof-doof cars and their hardcore rap work the system and they laugh about it as they go about their day. It's parties, girls, drink, drugs. But as he said to me in an unguarded moment as he razored my neck one day with a cutthroat, with all the precision of an eye surgeon, hey, I enjoy it. But when I marry, I marry someone like my mum, someone who wears the veil, because I don't want no daughter of mine running around in a crop top and tight shorts when she's 10 years old. That's what he said. My barber sees the fruit of the sexual revolution and he despises its results, even if he's happy to bite into its fruits. Which kind of brings us to rebellion, youthful rebellion. The sexual revolution, the 60s, that was the rebellion against the West and its conservatism. Tune in, turn off, drop out. And it was headed up by the music of the 60s. You've got your mother in a world, she's not sure, if you're a boy or a girl, so sang David Bowie. Yet those people are hardly rebellious now, are they? My daughter and wife went to the Paul McCartney concert in Sydney a few weeks ago, and as my wife observed, it was the best behaved crowd ever. No rebellion left in the bottom of that particular barrel. So, what better way to rebel against Western culture now, in which everything is completely permissible and everyone feels very relaxed about it, than to flip it 180 degrees. Rebelling against the rebellious generation that kicked it all off six decades ago. So how does that rebellion express itself today? Through order. A deep, implacable, and ironically, very binary order. In a conservative religion that has its roots not in the florid Indian mysticism of George Harrison, but the harsh desert climes of the Middle East. Remember A Handmaid's Tale, the novel and the TV series? Remember how it was the fundamentalist Christians who were the ordered ones? Perhaps not in the true future, as opposed to the fictitious one, because it seems to be a different religion that's doing that. And it's an order that provides something more than the expressive individualism that the West has championed. There's a community of order, albeit online, available to you. Free Press reports that Catherine Dee, an internet historian who studies social trends, says that one of the reasons women are believed to be more attracted to Islamic reversion, both online and off, is because it offers a safe community for them. 
Now it's worth noting that there is a wider search for order, much wider than me with my lawn or young ostensibly left-wing culture warrior TikTok influencers with Islam. It pops up on the right wing also. There's a growing interest in fascism as if it ever went away. The hard right is growing. Though it doesn't, it has to be said, have access to the academies that so much of the hard left has in our day. And we see the need for order in everyday mainstream conservatism as well. If 12 rules for life and a call to tidy one's room is not a call to move from a dissolute and disordered life, then I don't know what is. There's a reason Jordan Peterson is so popular among young men, young men who've never cracked the spine of a book before or sat through a 30-minute church homily, never mind a two-hour lecture. It's the search for order in a chaotic world. And here's a hot take for you. The generation that threw order out of the window, the boomers, were still able to live on the fumes of the most ordered and most resilient generation we have ever seen in the West, the builders, the war generation. So back in the day, you could head off to Europe for a long holiday and sow your wild oats. You could do the drugs, become a hippie, become a painter for the next five years if you liked, all in the knowledge that the safety net of order would eventually catch your fall. You'd get that job in the firm where dad used to work. You'll have that wife, those kids, that house, that pension scheme that you've been gifted, an order that you did not create. And now, that's all gone. The fumes of order have drifted away. Ain't nobody got time for all that disorder these days. Order's back, and it's more religious than ever. Well, on the surface at least, for as the Free Press article observes, and with so much in our modern world, there are deep contradictions and shallow beliefs at work. How can Western views of sexuality be compatible with Islam, which is more in common with a Christianized understanding of marriage? Well, it can't, but that's part of the modern order and the modern malaise of the West. Now, the FBI, when discussing activism today, refers to it as a salad bar belief system. You can pick and choose what you will, putting together beliefs that intellectually don't gel with each other. A pastiche of sometimes opposing viewpoints from completely different operating systems. And the social media age is primed to help you. Catholic writer and New York Times bestseller, Tara Isabella Burton, calls today's spiritual and moral search intuitional religion, as opposed to institutional religion. You can Amazon Prime your way across a swathe of beliefs and have them all delivered to your door and cobble them together to fit you, even if the components make for strange bedfellows. Ironically, in the case of many Western adherents to a religion such as Islam that is deeply rooted in conformity and community adherence, the proponents are doing it for culturally rebellious and highly individualistic reasons. Hence the discombobulation when people are holding up queers for Palestine posters at protest movements, and then they're told in no uncertain terms by traditional Muslims, not on our watch. Queers might be for Palestine, but historically, and in a contemporary sense, Palestine is not for queers. So it seems this search for order, a crafted, curated order, blended at such a high internet speed that it dissolves the gristle and chunks, 
has itself to bend the knee to the same late Western capitalism and expressive individualism that these newly minted reverts claim to be done with. So where's it all going? It's hard to say. I'd like to give you an easy answer, but I don't think there is one. Some of what we see is a blindness to the fact that the freedoms such reverts have in the West to voice their opinions and change their religions and assume that they can cobble together competing practices and worldviews and hold them in tension is not all that Islamic at all. In fact, it's a product of the West, the Christian West. This rebellion is very Western in its expression, curated and crafted by the technological tools of Silicon Valley, a place that is the very antithesis of Mecca. Yet I suspect that it will be these technologies that drive such movements, and that indeed continue the splintering of any coherent, supposedly Western framework. It's as if the West is being used against itself, which in a way it is. The irony is that while young, relatively no-name influencers are reverting, the likes of public intellectual Ayan Hersi Ali, once a Muslim, then one of the most celebrated atheist thinkers on the planet who defended free speech and intellectual thought, claiming it came from enlightenment thinking, has converted. Yeah, that's right. Ayan Hersi Ali now calls herself Christian, goes to church, writes articles, attends events, espousing the framework and belief system that she says gave the West the tools and the language and abilities to create coherence and justice for the oppressed. Ali, as a public intellectual, now states publicly that the Judeo-Christian faith gave the intellectual and moral framework to the West that has, ironically, allowed us to live in a secular society that separates religion from the state, something Islam does not technically recognise. But for Ali, it's not simply that Christianity is a useful societal tool. She stated this recently. I would not be truthful if I attributed my embrace of Christianity solely to the realisation that atheism is too weak and divisive a doctrine to fortify us against our menacing foes. I have also turned to Christianity because I ultimately found life without any spiritual solace unendurable, indeed very nearly self-destructive. Atheism failed to answer a simple question. What is the meaning and purpose of life? And in the end, why are young Western women turning to Islam? It's a meaning and purpose question, isn't it? It's because we live, as Australian author and pastor Mark Sayers says, in a time in history when the experience bucket is full. We can have as much as we want, any way we want it. But at the same time, the meaning and purpose bucket is very nearly empty. Hand up here, I'm a Christian, so I'm going to pull out the Christian card, especially in the run-up to Christmas, and say that I agree with Ali that it's the Christian framework that gives meaning and purpose, more to the point, that Jesus Christ does. 
But as we approach 2024 with more and more upheaval globally and more and more anxiety personally, it might be worth stopping ourselves as we are swept up into the maelstrom of experiences that the holiday season offers us. It might be helpful to ask the question, where is meaning and purpose located for me? And how will I find it? And perhaps in doing so, we will look beyond a personally curated and crafted individualistic truth in which we turn a blind eye to the lack of coherence in our framework. The search for order is central. It's central to what is going on in our disordered world, in our disordered lives. Maybe this Christmas, we need to look beyond TikTok influencers and the destabilizing social media world to find it. An Undeceptions podcast.